0: Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Alan and Maida Artinian.
1: Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Dernarek, the pastor of St. Sarkis Church, along with our co host, Mr. Veh Bezdigyan. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Let us start our day with a prayer, a prayer that is picked from the newly published my book of prayers which was presented here last sunday
2: and here we go there amen <speaking in> Aravod vot kuv vorormtiam pet vorormes vorbesits yev urakhanak mer polor orerun yergaraden dird metsutsir mez darinerov charcharvetsank pokharene <language> urakhat sur hima nayek hu zaranerut der voro kuv Yf tun Arach Norte Merz Avagnera. Togderas to zuit Achke, Mer Allah. mer zera tun der, Mercor zera Achore. Amen.
3: falling all around Time I was on my way Thanks to you I'm much obliged For such a pleasant stay But now it's time for me to go The autumn moon lights my way time, but I know I've i got to do, now the time, time is now, sing myself going the world, I got find my girl, on my way, i this way, 10 years to the day,
2: the queen of all my dreams, got no time the i was surprised Today when I walked into the office to record with you, you mentioned that you had sent an email out to our listeners asking for requests, requests for music, musical selections, songs that they'd like to hear on the podcast, which I I think is uh, is pretty interesting considering um, this is not a radio show, it's not a music show, but obviously people have some pretty strong opinions. You just showed me your inbox. There's about 100 emails in there from our our listeners. Maybe
1: 75, yes. This is one of the rare occasions when we send an email and you get such a huge response from our listeners, and uh, it's a good thing. We always pick a song, and uh, I guess we were running out of ideas. No, we were not. But we want our listeners to have a voice, and that's why I sent this email. And Greg likes the way that the email was sent with the graphics and everything. So we had a lot of responses today, and we picked um, the, one song. Of the
2: first. One of the first responses was from our mutual friend Sebu Nahabedian from, exactly. from New Jersey, and, and uh, he requested Led Zeppelin. Yes. An old classic, Ramble On. And uh, This is one of his favorite songs, and he quoted some part of the song in his graduation
1: speech, so uh, I hope everybody's enjoying this song. Absolutely.
2: dead nut as we ramble on and we continue this podcast i'd like to mention that this is a feature now on the podcast and that since we've gotten so many requests and i'm sure additional requests will roll in uh we'll continue to air those songs um in the order in which they are received or as close as we can get to it my favorite time of year dead did you know that no i didn't uh thanksgiving is Turkey favorite... your favorite food? No, not necessarily. It's not just about the food, but I do enjoy the time that we have with our families and the fact that there were no distractions during Thanksgiving. It's just an opportunity, and this entire country celebrates it. So it's something that we, we can all relate to. It's not like Christmas where a segment of the population you know, celebrates and others don't, or you know, the more religious holidays. This is one that universally is both... It has its roots in giving thanks to God for everything that we have, but it's also it transcends religion and ethnic backgrounds, and it becomes a very American holiday. So I, I like the meaning behind the holiday, and I, I enjoy the time. That I we agree have with together.
1: you, Ben. It's it's one of my favorite holidays too, and it's not because of the food or anything, but that spirit of um, giving thanks for. All the good things that we have in life, absolutely, it's a great thing.
2: Is there anything specifically that you'd like to highlight this year, and something you really feel grateful for personally or within the life of the church? Sure, everything that we have, uh,
1: that I have, you know, in my in my life is a is a gift, and I'm thankful. Um, children, wife, family, but I would like to highlight the things that are happening for us here in this church. I'm really thankful for um, for our community and the way that um, we come here as one big, large family. Uh, last Sunday, we celebrated Auxiliary Appreciation Day, and it was so good to see everybody coming here together and um, to see that one big family, which is growing, and uh, the growth was seen this year, especially uh, in the realm of the youth. with. Connect. I'm so happy with that program. I'm so happy with our Saturday school. The mm-hmm. fact that we have 102 uh, students. I'm happy that we started implementing um, the Alpha course for for the adults, hoping to promote more spiritual maturity. So there's a lot for me as a pastor of this church to be thankful for, and I'm just praying
3: to God. For his Years ago, in days of old, when magic filled the air. Just in the darkest depths of more I met a girl so fair. But Gollum at the evil one crept up and slipped away.
2: So, presented to Father Nareg Terterian by the PTA of the Suzanne and Hovsep Hagopian Armenian Saturday School here at St. Sarkis Church, in appreciation of your years of service and devotion to our school, our church, and our community, you were presented with this lovely Yerakuin Trophy. I consider, I guess it's a trophy. It's an award for your years of dedication and service to the school in particular.
1: And I guess I can retire now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Deadhide, if you decided today that you were ready to retire, I think everybody in the the church and in the school community would absolutely revolt. But they would say, you have worked three lifetimes worth, Deadhide, to bring the church and the school, as we talk about the school um, it's definitely recognized the amount of work that you've contributed. Thank you.
1: It was such a lovely event. Uh, and this award that uh, the Saturday School, the PTA, and and uh, the principal and everybody involved in the Saturday School presented to me, that was uh, very good, very thoughtful. Um, I, I'm humbled. And as you know, it's not one of my favorite things to to receive awards or to be recognized because... This is what I do. This is what I do for a living. You know?
2: um, this is uh, where I work, and I take my job very seriously. And um... That's what you emphasized to us, too, that day. I had the honor of actually presenting the award um, for those of you who weren't there from the audience. Um, and it was a, truly an honor because I got an opportunity to speak about my friend, Ednardig, and talk both personally and in terms of my opinion of him and collectively as a community how we feel about him for what he's done for us. So it's never a comfortable thing for you, I know. And typically that's how it is when people are incredibly dedicated and modest. And uh, I think that resonates a lot with our...
1: But with you us. made it more comfortable for me with, with the jokes that you made. That was, I tried. That I was tried. very nice. <laughs> Andrew was there. His comments are always appreciated. So it's such a thing to to receive a positive recognition of the work that we do. And it's not uh, given to me, it is for the community at the end of the day. If, um, the Saturday school is doing great here, it means that we have a good community and
2: absolutely. It, it's a good thing to celebrate our successes every once in a while. And dead Speaking of success, it was quite a successful event. The gala was outstanding. Really. I think everyone thoroughly enjoyed themselves. Um, the DJ, the music, the food, Across the board, people were very content and in great spirits. And most importantly, not most importantly, but uh, it was worth noting that the raffles were incredibly well received because they were terrific choices, really great options, great gifts, and a lot of people went away very content from their evening. So if you have an opportunity for our listeners, if you have a chance to go to the website, go to saintsarkieschurch.net to look at the pictures yourselves have a chance to uh to see what happened that evening and you'll get a firsthand appreciation for how great that evening was and i guess mark your calendar for next year because if you missed out you're going to want to be part of it next year with us with St. Church.
3: For, my baby.
1: for the past two weeks, our church was really busy with all the ladies coming and preparing for the food festival, which is taking place this Sunday. It is called Armenian Food Festival, organized by the ARS Erebuni Chapter and the Ladies Guild of St. Sarkis Church. And today we have with us the chairlady of the ARS Erebuni chapter, Mrs. Lena Oranjan, And Mrs. Naida Voskerichan is representing the Ladies Guild of St. Sarkis Church. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you tell us about what's happening this Sunday?
4: We're trying to make this an annual event, but saying that baked goods seems to be so popular amongst Armenians, we decided that that would be uh, our way into one of our fundraising. And... We asked the ladies' Girl to join us uh, and they graciously helped us the past two, two weeks, three weeks in help making Manta and this week we're still not done. We're still going to make some few things as well as make some uh, homemade goods at home and bringing in um, and selling to go and also to serve if anyone would like to stay and eat. Uh, after church. It starts after church probably around 1, one thirty, and for the rest of the afternoon. Um, we will have pre-packaged uh, baked goods available for Saturday um, for the Saturday school parents would like to purchase. We'll have probably a little table out in the front and there will probably be homemade manta and uh, Lahmajun. What else
0: were we have? We have sweet and savory cookies, simit, and the uh, sweet version of simit. Uh, we have all sorts of cookies. We have shabiyat, pakhlava, and uh, kadaif. And uh, to uh, take home, we ha- we are taking orders for lahmajun, uh, simit, and manta.
1: So, ladies, in the past, uh, in November. Uh, The Saints' Archive Church used to have a bazaar, and for the past number of years, we haven't been doing that. And this seems to be something new, a collaboration between two bodies, the Ladies' Guild and the ARS, uh, which, by the way, um, they are the same members of the community. (laughs) Tell us more about this collaboration. How is, it, how is this going?
0: ARS approached the um, Ladies Guild to collaborate with and to join forces to make it an uh, even more uh, a bigger event and to create um, uh, traffic in the church and perhaps revive the past uh, prior uh, event that we used to have, food fair, food festival, and a bazaar. We used to have vendors... And it used to be a quite a, a nice event, but it died down with the um, dwindling number of uh, attendees and the vendors weren't profiting. So we kind of stopped it for a couple of years. So we hope to revive and renew that uh, past uh, event that we used to have.
1: Your timing is perfect, just right before the holidays,
0: I'm sure. That, that was the aim. Time. And we try to uh, not coincide with other people, other churches, but it's inevitable. Um, I think it will not hinder or um, interfere with uh, other churches' events that are taking place.
1: So tell me, why should our listeners come to church this Saturday and Sunday and not go to Costco?
4: Oh, hands down, Armanta beats anyone's.
0: We need to emphasize that it's homemade dough and it was prepared here on the premises with the utmost care, with cleanliness and purchasing the right meat and preparing it the uh, correct way.
1: So I commend all the ladies who spend a lot of time for the past two weeks preparing all kinds of homemade food. I'm a witness. Everything was uh, made here from the scratch, and I'm sure that all the particip- all those who will come, they will enjoy tasting and also buying food for um, their tables during the holidays. So it's this Sunday, following church services, a joint collaboration between the ARS and the St. Sarkis Church Ladies Guild.
0: And we will be available on Saturday also for those who have place an order, or they wish to come, they can't do it on Sunday, we do have the take-home items ready, packed, and ready to go.
1: So for those who can't make it on Sunday, you can come on Saturday, but definitely come here on Sunday for the church services and the great food that the ladies have prepared. Lena and Naida, thank you very much for stopping by. Good luck this weekend for you. My guest today is our sponsor, our good friend, the deacon of our church, Dr. Carlo Bayraktarium, the person who always encouraged me to do the podcast. And today we're gonna talk about various things together from both his professional and his personal life. Carlo, welcome to the podcast.
5: Thank you very much, Dirhai Ornetsk.
1: It's always good to have you with us. Almost forty days ago, you lost your mom. It was a difficult time situation for you and for the rest of your family. Grieve is something that we do not talk about. It's something that we try to hide. Um, Processing emotions in in this situation is something that most people avoid. But today we're going to talk about grief both from um, a personal perspective and also From a professional perspective, you as a psychiatrist, how did the passing of your mother affect you?
5: It is difficult to discuss, obviously, uh, the passing of a mother in general. And to talk about my mother, it's going to be even more difficult. But my personality, I'm an optimistic person, and I don't like to talk much about uh sad occasions even in sad occasions i always look for the bright side um that would have uh like that would have uh how should i say made my my mother proud because that was her um motto in life she um during dark days in our life you know where I come from, Lebanon, there were a lot of dark days. And she was this beacon of light. She she always uh, went to the Bible. She always went to her church for guidance during those dark days. So instead of me talking about grieving and the processes of grieving, I would like to uh, respond by saying how delighted I am that where my mother is now. talking about uh, dark days or grieving, uh, she always had uh, uh, quotes from the Bible. For example, during her dark, darkest days, she quoted the Romans chapter eight verses 31, "If God is with us, who can be against us? She always mentioned this that always, if you are aside. Beside God, nothing will touch you. It's amazing, during all that turbulences, when we grew up, all six siblings, all of us, were unharmed. There was this, this hello around us. We knew my mother was in action. We knew she was praying for us. Talking about her departure from earth, um, I would say that was a, a textbook performance until the last breath, when she uh, uh, expressed her last breath and departed, she was among her six children. We were holding her hand. We were um, singing harmer. We were chanting all kinds of uh, sharagans. Um, it was, for me, the the tears that came of my, of my eyes... Were not tears of sadness; were tears of joy. Uh, that's 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 my mom. That's that's what she uh, wanted, and I think that's what she got.
1: You're clearly saying that your mom was a very spiritual person, very devout, and the Bible was uh, something that obviously she knew very well. Can you tell us more about uh, her spirituality?
5: Um. Nothing special, you know. All our mothers are special for us. Your mother, my mother, each and every one of us. When I, when we look about our mothers, they are the same. They have the same, uh, the same goal in life: to protect us, to feed us, to 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 make sure we're safe, uh, to make sure we get the best in life. Uh, they are best advisors, the best educators. But obviously, each mother is different from others, also. Uh, in my mother's case, uh, she was a peacemaker. That was her. I had the middle name for her. We used to joke, said, Venaschuni, mama.
3: V'nash-
5: That's That, that was her, her. Every time there was a, um, a problem, either in the house or out in the community, Venaschuni Dagas. Uh, Don't worry, my son. Venaschuni Achchigas. Don't worry, my daughter. Um, everything was Venaščuni. I remember so many personalities would come to our house from different uh, parties, let's say, Armenian parties. My mother's role was the peacemaker. And she always mentioned, from the Bible again, and she was this person who always liked to be a child of God, the love of God. So she always wanted to be one of God's children and her her common whenever she quoted the Bible, her one of her quotes was Matthew chapter five, uh, verse nine, which said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. She loved to be uh, uh, a child, to be considered a child of God. Yes, the Armenian Apostolic Church was her basis. She nourished her soul every Sunday by going to church, but that wasn't enough for her. She also went to other Armenian denominations, especially the, evangelical. the evangelical Armenians, where they met in their houses. She loved to go and learn mm-hmm. more about the Bible, about God and, and, and Jesus. So, So like a child, she always wanted that nourishment from her god one week staying from her parent god was not enough
1: it's interesting you're speaking about the personal relationship that she had you know the knowledge of the bible which you're quoting, uh, um and the, the her personal spirituality but you also are mentioning about her the fact that she was connected to the church and i can be witness to that um a few years ago uh, sh- she was here and that particular year, she came and spent um, the Holy Week with us. So you, along with her, and your children were coming um, during all the services. So Thursday evening, we are doing now um, the Chavar manga the Tenebri, the, the most sacred part in the Holy Week for us. And our listeners who attend church, they know that that, that service is loaded with so many hymns and so many prayers, which are absolutely beautiful. So in the seminary, we were trained to sing um, the Sharagans, the slower melodies. But since we're in a, uh, in a parish church, we don't have a lot of singers. We do, do, we do the faster variants, which again, part of, it's part of our church tradition. So when we were starting the main hymn of, of that evening and we started singing um, the fast version, she looked at me and she was like, no. She was so disappointed that, you know, we were singing that light version instead of the real version. And I told her, we don't have anybody to sing this. And she was like, you could have just asked me. I would have performed this. So the following day, uh the friday comes and we're doing now the burial service the, the service of crucifixion of jesus i turn around and look at her i said are you willing to sing bar Kevadun? and she was like ah, and she started singing. It, it, it's a hymn that you know a lot of people including me probably will not be able to sing so for her the the knowledge that she had about the church was very deep it's not like people who came to church once in a while, and uh, they knew parts here and parts there. It was very um, deep knowledge. Where did that come
5: from? Uh, I want you to know it didn't come easy. She prepared. She took it very seriously. Probably for that Friday that you were talking, I bet, if I remember correctly, we had the piano at home and she was rehearsing. She was a perfectionist. She wanted to do it perfect. She had the books. She had the means. She had the notebooks, and uh, I think, I think, I mean, if you ask where is it coming from, meaning where is that, if if you mentioned whether she her upbringing, definitely her upbringing. I mean, what was it like my, for her? She grew up in Lebanon, right? Can you in, tell us about her? She grew up in Tripoli, Lebanon. Her father was. Um, Keram uh, Kaprielian, he was very very close to the uh, the uh, the set at the time, very good friends with Zareh Veapar. and he was one of his staunch supporters, so he represented Tripoli basically. Uh, my grandmother, the same way, my mother, all the meetings, all the. Uh, you know good stuff <laughs> good stuff let's say uh, the the politics part it happened in her house her house was the gathering point so all the decisions were made in the tripoli area in my grandfather's house and my mom witnessed that definitely uh, all three Catholikoi visited our house. I remember starting from Zare Viapar, Horem Viapar, Karekin Viapar, Aram Viapar, all visited our house. They knew it was if you want to go to Zahle, you have to go to digen Lalik's house, <clears throat> so that was i think I think that that nourished her mm-hmm. her her uh, uh, quest for for her spirituality also
1: It's very good you know uh, I'm going to make a comment and no offense to anyone, but when people have that kind of uh, that level of friendship with the leaders of the church, being that Catholicos or Serpazan, Sometimes, you know, for them, that is the church. As long as they're spending time with a church leader or even with a derheil, for them, that will give them the satisfaction. For her, that wasn't enough. Actually going to church, being part of the celebrations, knowing more about the hymns, the rituals, the prayers, was very important. And, you know, uh, I have a lot of respect for that because you can be friends with uh, different people that cannot or should not take away from the church experience and being part of the church. So, it's funny you mentioned that um, she was a peacemaker. And we know um, the symbol of peace is um, the olive branch. Years ago, I remember on a Palm Sunday, we had... Uh, peace branch, I mean, olive uh, branches that were delivered to us from Fresno, and she was the one. So she was literally a peacemaker. Um, Carlo, let, let me ask you another question. Why we are seeing less of um, your mom's style in our households today?
5: The only thing I can say is <clears throat> express my feelings you know, as a physician and, and as a psychiatrist, I deal with feelings on a daily basis, the in and the out. All I can say, I can reflect my feelings uh, vis-a-vis my mom or whatever she instilled in me. Uh, even even during her, when we were eulogizing her, she had prepared her her, her Eulogy. Really? She didn't want us to, you know, during those difficult times, she didn't want us to prepare a eulogy. I remember a few years back when she was preparing her eulogy, she asked me, she said, why don't you write a eulogy? I want to hear it now that I'm alive. What what are you going to say during my eulogy? I said, Mom, how can you say that? How can you write a eulogy, especially to a mom, while still uh, alive? So I didn't say anything. I didn't act on it, but few years back, four and a half years ago, when when she, she had to have a heart, very minor heart uh, surgery. They put a stent. I said, "Who knows, You never know what happens. Let me write down that that eulogy and let me read it to her." Basically, in that eulogy, when I read to her, which it was, I got her stamp of approval. Basically, what I said that. She lives in me. She is my gut feeling. So when we say gut feeling, gut feeling means... um, Your intuition. Your your intuition. Intuition comes from experience. So when you see something, you react to that thing. You're reacting because of past experiences. So your gut feeling is your uh, experience. I told her at the time that my gut feeling is her. She's living in me. <clears throat> Whatever I have and react in life is based on on uh, what she taught me, and those lessons are. I mean, in in my case, I will tell you from that eulogy, parts from that eulogy that I that I uh, that I called it my gut feeling. So so basically, she represented in me my confidence, my bravery. My courage, my strength, my sensitivity, my compassion, my loyalty, and my humility. She represented all those in me. And this became my gut feeling. Uh, Whenever I react or act to any situations in life, this is my gut feeling. Learned behavior. Learned behavior, mostly from my mother. And if you would tell me what were the three lessons that I learned from, from all that experience, from her. It's one, to love, your, to love her God. Mm-hmm. My mom had her own God. <laughs> Whenever we prayed, we prayed to her God. We knew that her God will listen to us. Number two, love of her church, meaning the Armenian Apostolic Church. And three, to protect your family. She was very adamant. Each and every child, one of her childs, she was inst- instructed us to protect our families. So those are the learns, learned lessons, and and uh, she's still in me, and, and she'll will always will. She'll always will.
1: So um, let's shift gear now, gears, and uh, let me ask you a different question. This past year, it was very difficult for us here in this parish. Um, I never recall in the past 11 years having performed so many funerals like we did this in this past year. A lot of um, members of our community went to be with the Lord. And with that, um, we are left with a huge number of families who are grieving. What's your opinion? What, what is your advice? for someone who has lost their beloved member of family months ago and they are still struggling with that loss. Give us some advice from your professional background.
5: From professional point of view, uh, my strategy is to say less and to do more. Uh, but whenever I have to say something in that regard, regarding whether my patients or, or or family members, I always advise them, probably it's a classic, probably everybody knows, remind them, advise them and remind them to always and always remember the good times, the positive uh, traits of the loved one. Never, ever think about... Uh, the bad times, the wrongdoings, uh, the shortcomings. We must forget and we must forgive all those negative shortcomings and short livings. Always concentrate on the positive and obviously talk about it. Don't keep it inside. Talk about it with safe people, people who are not going to turn around and hurt you, people who are going to listen, people who are going to advise you, accordingly, uh, but you must talk, you must take it out, and you must always uh, remember the good times, the positive uh, experiences, and that should help you. Usually within three months of of mourning, things will be resolved. If if the mourning episode goes beyond uh, three months, according to our DSM-5, it becomes pathological mourning, then you should seek help, uh, more professional help, whether with or without medications or combi- combination. But within the first three months, no need, absolutely no need for intervention. That's just the normal processes uh, of, of uh, any kind of grief.
1: Thank you very much for your personal and professional opinion. I think this was great. Um, thank you so much for coming down and spending this few minutes with us, opening your heart, putting yourself out there, speaking about uh, a very special person in your life. We pray for the rest of our soul, and we pray that may God continue to bless you and your family members.
5: Thank you very much, Der Heer, and God bless you also and your family. And uh, long live the podcast. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you very much.
1: It is scripture time here on the podcast where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And today's reading is from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 12, verses 32
2: through 40. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when it comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve and will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour where you do not expect Him. The Word of God.
1: It's a long reading there, but it's Mm -hmm. very meaningful. I like the way it starts, the way that Jesus addresses His followers, not only the followers of that day, the handful of people who were with Him, but all of us Christians. And the way that He speaks to us is very gentle. He calls us little flock. And the exhortation, is for us not to be afraid be not afraid for the father has been pleased to give you the kingdom so in this reading I, I, I see there there are two things two major themes one is that the father has been faithful he fulfilled his promise he has given us the kingdom we shouldn't be afraid we shouldn't let fear distract us that being said, there's something that we need to do. We need to be ready. And that is the second part of the reading. Right. So it, it's a powerful reading. It, uh, I'm sure, resonates with, with all of us, all of us who have any uh, fears and concerns. Um, I can give an example, a silly one. This summer I had to take my exam uh, for in order for me to become a licensed uh, practitioner. And my exam was really a big one. Um, I had a classmate who I was working with and she took the exam and she failed the exam twice. And I was like, wow, if this person has failed the exam twice, I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's not something that you want to do after all the years of education. You want to succeed and pass the exam. So um, I was anxious. At some point, I said to myself, This is not helping me. I need to go and start studying.
2: Oh, you were just sitting nervous and not doing anything about it. Not doing anything about (laughs) it.
1: And then once you start studying,
2: you're like, Oh, this isn't that bad. I'm glad we all suffer from that same uh, ailment that I. The procrastination, the fear, the anxiety. Sure.
1: Once you do your part, you know, that no, I'm doing my part and the rest is, you know, it's not on me. The same thing is here. Jesus is telling us to be ready. I know there are a lot of people, and the example that, that I just gave, you know, it, it comes from our um, everyday life. But in our spiritual life, this is something that, that we face because we are faced with uncertainty. Am I loved? Am I accepted? Will God forgive me? Mm-hmm. And those become reasons for us to fear and not do our homework, not prepare for the exam, so to say. So it's very important for us to, to make sure that, number one, God has done His part. He has given us the kingdom. Now
2: we need to do our part. Mm-hmm. And we need to be, to be prepared. Do you, do you think that's a fair... Concern, Dead I, I Is it more of a a, a concern or a cop out? I feel like some people use that as an excuse, like a crutch, to say that I've there's so much distance right now between me and God that I don't see the point. There's such there's such a gap there that I don't know how to even bridge that gap. H- how do you convince people to to not fall into that you know very uh, dangerous path?
1: Well, I, I don't know if I can. Convince them but I always, I always encourage them, and uh, it will happen. In life, we will always get distracted. Remember the analogy that I gave a few weeks ago. It's the analogy of the GPS. Mm-hmm. The fact that God is guiding us, but sometimes we make the wrong turns. We get off the road, and that we hear that GPS telling us calculating and telling us to go back on the designated uh streets and we have to follow that but uh, no, no one i don't think anybody would the, the minute that they make a wrong turn would say oh i'm not going there that's it I, I gotta go back home we don't do that so in the same way in our spiritual life and god knows this that we're not perfect we're gonna make mistakes but he's always and
2: constantly inviting us to be on his side and to follow him. To me, the, the most illustrative uh, example of this point is the, the thief, the criminal that was being crucified next to Christ. Just the fact that he believed in Jesus, that gave him the opportunity to enter the kingdom of heaven. Where Jesus promised him that you will be with me by my father's side. So to me, that's incredible. That's the compassion of God and that's where there is no error in life that makes you damned for, for eternity. It's something you can always come back to and it's always going to be there. And like the prodigal son, God is going to receive you with open An arms. Em-
1: embrace. Exactly. That's what the father did. So it's very important. And You bring a great point uh, again from the Gospel of Luke. It's very important for us to have the right mindset, to have the right vision of who God is. There are some people uh, in our communities who think of God to be this rigid judge who is just Mm -hmm. counting, how many mistakes have we done? But almost always we forget the other face of God, which is the merciful Father who is waiting there, ready to embrace us. And let's concentrate on that because as children, we all do mistakes. I have children, I know how it feels. It's the same way for us in the sight of God. We are children and we're making mistakes. But that doesn't mean we need, we should stop trying. We need always to try to get closer to God and make sure that we have a relationship with God because that's the most important thing.
2: Can we round it out with the last verse where the author says, if the owner had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You must be ready. So, to me, that rounds out. This is, it's an open invitation, but you can't just put it off in your life. You have to be prepared. Sure. We don't know. Uh, no, nothing guarantees uh, today for
1: us, or tomorrow. Right. Know. We just take it that life is a gift. And from that perspective, we always need to be ready. The hymn today is Ave Maria by Andrea Bocelli. This is a hymn that was requested today in one of the emails by our subdeacon Bert Agopian. You can also request hymns, not only songs to be played during our podcast i hope that you will enjoy listening to ave maria we will be back hopefully in two weeks in the meantime i'd like to thank our sponsor all of our listeners i'd like to thank you for all the hard work and to you mr greg for all the hard work behind the scenes i wish you all a very happy thanksgiving may god bless you all may the peace of our lord jesus christ be in your hearts amen
3: peccatoribus un
0: Of the podcast is brought to you by Alan and Maida Artinian. If you'd like to sponsor future episodes, please call St. Sadki's Church Office at 718 224 2275.